The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome back to the Friday edition of our podcast and our live stream devotional. And we are so glad you're with us this morning and finishing out your week together with us. For those of you who have joined us throughout the week, we really hope this is somewhat of a bright spot and a help and an encouragement, as I believe the Word of God always is, and it's a helpful bit of instruction, as it is even again today. So as we finish out the week together, we're going to um, finish out Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, which obviously means we're working our way into the last few chapters of the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, so if you're following along with us, I'm going to read verses 11 through 18, and then we'll take a few minutes and unpack these verses and and look at some practical applications. So... um, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, it starts in verse 11. Solomon said this, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. For man is also, for man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men. Uh, I'm sorry, so are uh, sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Sorry about that. So the first two verses really kind of give us the same basic premise we've seen before, that we really don't know when the end's going to be. And frankly, when you look at the life, some people may get more money, some get more of this. But in reality, there are so many things we can't control. While we try, and the things that we can't control are the things that we strive the most, the things that overwhelm us, can bring anxiety, all those different things, because we strive to control them. Circumstances, uh, life and death, illness, things of that nature. If there's nothing the last two years has taught us is that much of this is just completely outside our control. And so when we look at that first thing, let me give you a thought that actually I thought that there's different ways to view life. When you look at these things, you can look at the facts. Really what you got from 11 and 12 are just facts. In some cases, some people will do better financially in life than others. And we're going to look in the moment that finance and influence and all of that really are not what's important if we understand what is really important. But what we can do is you can look at life and you can look at life. And as one author stated, you can look at life through the lens of four different outlooks on life. The first one is what we call optimism. Uh, No matter how bad things seem to get, there is an optimistic view. Things will get better. Um, last night I was listening to the Phillies and they had a seven to one lead going into the top of the ninth inning and they lost the game. You're always optimistic when you do that. I'll be honest with you now, as they've lost four in a row, I look at all of this and I'm thinking to myself, I don't get very optimistic right now when I watch them. It's a silly illustration, but that's the idea. Take that to real life. If a list of things have not happened the way we wanted them to, we can lose that optimism. If we put our trust in God and we walk in God, then we can enjoy a level of optimism. But there's optimism. There's also suspicion. This is the idea that you trust Yet you distrust everyone. You don't trust anyone, including God. You think everyone and all the systems are out to get you, and, and it's, it's just one way to live. It's a very difficult way to live. There's not a lot of freedom in it, but in, there's optimism, suspicion. There's also the opposite of optimism. There's pessimism, of course, where you just think everything's going to fall apart. Optimism is things are going to get better. Pessimism is, ah, oh, this is the best it's going to get, and it goes down. Of course, then there's suspicion. There's also fatalism. 
Uh, fatalists often resign themselves to life circumstances in order to accept their plot. They, they lack hope. This is the way it is, whatever. And uh, there's no hope for anything. And a lot of fatalists will tell you that I don't want to ask for hope uh, because hope is deceiving, because I don't think there is any hope. And by the way, if you live as Solomon talked about in the first half of the book of Ecclesiastes, you're going to come to that conclusion there's not a lot of hope because everything the world offers and promises as hope doesn't offer it. doesn't offer hope, fulfillment, encouragement, doesn't offer optimism. And a lot of what we look at in our world today, you say there's just, there's just not a whole lot of room for hope. And exactly, when you're looking at the world system and you're looking at the world through the secular worldview, you are not going to find an awful lot of reason for hope. When you look at the worldview through the, through the lens of the Bible, what we call a biblical worldview, there's reason for hope. Even as this world gets, gets worse, there's reason for hope because God's in control. He knows what it's doing and he's got plans beyond this. So we can find hope in that. But then he continues in verse 13. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun and it seemed great unto me. Verse 13. Now we're in verse 14. There was, little, there was a little city and a few men within it and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built a great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it poor, a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength, nevertheless the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the, the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. So when we look at the idea of this wisdom, what he has, he gives us the story. This one larger city comes to besiege the smaller one. It should have been a very simplistic, sim simple answer. This you know, smaller city probably should have, you know, in the, theory, in the theory of the day, should have just surrendered. There's no way they could win. But there was this man, a poor man, no, no, not significant at all, who had wisdom. And through his wisdom, they were able to win this war. And so when you look at this, everybody should have bragged on this man. Well, nobody really cared because all he offered was wisdom. They want to go back to the king. They want to go back to the important person. And so he's giving an example. And then he talks at the end about the fact that most people are not really interested in hearing wisdom. Uh, a couple thoughts on the idea of wisdom. Strength is more impressive yet less effective than wisdom. You can have strength, you can have a lot of uh, power, but wisdom is what we need. If I have strength and talent and ability, but I have no wisdom to guide it, I will use it wrongly, I will use it foolishly. If I can use all those, those strengths and those talents for God, then I allow the wisdom to have control, you know, then I can follow in wisdom, I can be more effective in what I have. Also, the other thought was, wise counsel is never popular. It's rarely obeyed and seldom remembered. And you say, that doesn't sound great. Well, we'll I'll get to the practical application, what I have, the practical application in a second here about the idea. But wisdom, too many people in the world aren't really interested in wisdom. They don't usually follow it. They don't remember it. No matter how great the wise, the wisdom is and the advice is. The third thought, human rulers will always outshine wise counselors. And fools prefer the former. Fools will prefer the human rulers, the influential people over someone who gives great wisdom. You will listen to somebody, not, the world will listen to somebody, not because they have wisdom, not because they have truth, and not because anything they're saying is true, is right. They will listen to them because of their position. And that's just unfortunate. That is the epitome of a fool. I don't care if you're giving me any information, who are you? Now here, here's a couple principles. A simple principle is this. I make a decision 
most people in life are not going to have a massive impact of a president or things of that nature. So the question is, what is my desire? My desire, hopefully, is to leave some level of impact on this earth. And I don't mean as popular, well-known, or things of that nature. So the bigger question is, am I willing to just be like this this, this old man, this poor man, who is not well-known? Now, the story is probably theoretical, but he's not well-known. He wasn't remembered, but he saved a lot of people. Do I want to be remembered or do I want to make influence? Do I want to be remembered as, as great or as well-known or as a problem? Or do I want to be one that influences the lives of people for eternity? By the way, that's what we should want. We shouldn't be striving to be known or to be right or to be accepted or get our way. That, that selfishness, this disunity, it's so displeasing to God. What we should be looking for is, Lord, this is what I have. This is the, this is the tools I have. Give me wisdom to use them to influence somebody. You know, you think about it, we all should hope that when we look through church one day that there's somebody that's been saved and is growing in our church because we brought them there, because we invited them, because we engaged a relationship with them. That should be a great desire, not just so we can say, oh, I did that, or because the church is growing or people are here. It's because eternity, heaven, hell, those things, we, we, that, should, that should engage us. It should, it should stir our hearts, and so we should strive in some level to make some kind of impact in that area. And so we have these gifts, we have this knowledge, now we need wisdom to guide us in. Now remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It goes back to our time with God and growing with God. So what I have is I have all my talents, I have all the opportunities, all these circumstances that I can be influential in, but I need the wisdom, of, I need my time, that fear of God to give me the wisdom to be able to effectively use the tools that I have. So let me, let me encourage you today. We don't know when our time is going to end, so what are we going to do with the time we've been given? Right, are we striving about being right, getting our way? It's, it's just a selfish way, because when you get it, all you're going to do is push more people away from you, because it's so selfish. And, you're, and it's, it's limited. When, when you're gone, it's over. Or do you want to have a life that when you go, you have impacted people's lives for eternity? You've changed them, brought, helped them come to Jesus. So I would encourage you on that second one. That let's be less concerned about humanist, the human influence we can have on the world and eternal impact. How can God use us? So we strive in the Word of God to gain wisdom, to be more effective in the tools God's given us. Maybe strive for that because that's eternal. When we get to heaven, that's going to last forever. The stuff we do on earth will not. May that be our great desire. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Friday as we finish off the week together. I would invite you to join us Sunday morning if you're local to the southeastern part of Pennsylvania. Uh, we're right there outside of Philadelphia. We'd invite you to join us. Uh, we, our morning service is at 10 o'clock for Mother's Day. There's no evening service due to the holiday. Uh, and so join us Sunday morning, 10 o'clock in person. And if some reason you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us. Uh, in, uh, online at bensalembaptist.org or our YouTube channel or Facebook page. Again, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again on Monday.